Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, just after high noon on the midday show, Graham, Tim Ring, and for Luke Lipinski, it is Wolf and Luke. Time now for Wolfen down your lunch. I love a number three and a large coffee. <laughs> Time now for our Master of Ceremonies, Aaron Maloney. So the Phoenix Suns introduced Kevin Durant at a press conference yesterday in front of media and fans. So is this season considered a failure without a ring? Here's what KD had to say. I know it's always it's pressure because I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. So every time... So... So, so every time I step on the floor, people are going to expect me to do great things. And the team, I'm on to do great things. But I enjoy getting better as a player every day. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this. So I don't ever say anything's a failure um, if, I get to, if I'm healthy enough to play the game of basketball. But I know what's on our backs, and we understand that. And we want to, we want to do the most. We want to get the most out of this opportunity. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com. And it asks, with Kevin Durant in town, what is the minimum the Suns have to achieve to consider 2022-2023 a success? So your choices are, make the conference finals, make the NBA finals, or win the franchise's first title. Okay, once again, am I a player? Am I a player? I, I'm coming from the player's perspective. I am. I'm sorry. I, everything Katie just said is right on the money. Yeah, you know what? Um, I As long as I go out and I bring my talent to bear, and I try as hard as I possibly can, and I do everything I can to help my team win a championship, if we don't win a championship, I'm not going to call it a failure. Because I gave everything that I had. From a player's perspective, I'm with KD on this. But I think most everybody else would probably say they got to win one championship out of this, at least. Not for the trade to be a success or a failure, but for... For this version of the Phoenix Suns not to be considered. So okay. then, what about this year, though? Yeah, I, not I, the length of the three no, years. I, I go. Let me let, let me let me get into that. And again, I, I we we we're getting into semantics and the definition of the word failure and how you define success. And it, it's tough because we talked a little bit about this earlier. Wolf, the, the goal this year now, make no mistake, is to win a championship. They're the favorite in Vegas. Not that that matters, but. This team right now is built to win a championship. Those are the expectations. That's why you trade Bridges and Johnson and four first-round picks. So those are the goals. And if you fall short of that goal, you failed to reach your goal. So by the definition of the word, if you fail to reach your goal, is the season a failure? I mean, technically, yes. But I, I just, I have a tough time saying, like, if they lose in Game 7 on the road to the Celtics, <laughs> like, you're a failure. I just it's can't just go ridiculous. there. No, and then, and again, I can't go there. Okay, well, that's, that's fine. You can't go there right there. I'm not going to go there only because I think like a player. And I will always think like a player. Even though I'm fat in 60. You're not, though. 
No. Not anymore. I will stop it. Stop. Oh. What are you down now? Okay, don't worry about it. Not Everybody as much as at I was. Media Row kept saying how skinny you looked. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it right now. You get my point. I, All I right. think so like let's a just, player. Since, I can't say it. Since you both will not answer the poll question, let's see what our audience had to say. 46% say they don't think like a player. They say win the franchise's first title. 36% say make the NBA Finals. 19% say make the Conference Finals. Now, the Arizona Cardinals are searching for a defensive coordinator. The name's being linked to the job. Patriots defensive line coach Demarcus Covington. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Covington and Cardinals GM Monty Austinport developed a relationship during their time together with the Patriots. The other name, Bears linebacker coach Dave Borgonzi. Gannon is familiar with him, having served on the Colts staff with him from 2018 to 2020 under defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. Do either of those names stand out to you? No. I'm going to be honest right now. I, I, I don't. I have not heard of these gentlemen prior to Jonathan Gannon coming here. So, um... Probably not a surprise, especially as young as he is, still being only 40 years old right now. But I have heard of Mike Zimmer. (laughs) I'm just saying, Howard Balzer, I have heard of Mike Zimmer. That's all I'm saying. All right, so since you went there, here's what Jonathan Gannon had to say when you asked him this yesterday, Wolf. When I say Mike Zimmer, what do you say, Coach? (laughs) Old ball coach. (laughs) Old ball coach. Grinder. Tough as nails. Smart as all get out. So I took that as a positive, and I put that into the positive Why category right there. Well, do you think he caught him off guard, Wolf? I, I, I wasn't trying to catch I know. him off guard. I wasn't. The, re- um, the reason why, real quick, I, ta- I talked to Howard. I had a text exchange with Howard because Howard's the one that kind of broke the story. Our, Howard Balzer. Howard Balzer about Mike Zimmer. The reason why, you know, a Borgonzi, a Borgonzi, <laughs> and a Covington, there's a paper trail because the Cardinals have to request permission to speak to these assistant coaches because they're under contract with other teams. On Mike Zimmer, there's no paper trail because he doesn't. they don't need permission to speak with a Mike Zimmer. He was an analyst last year, as a matter of fact. So, Well, and he, so, I think, I believe he's coaching under Deion Sanders at Colorado right now, right? There, there was talk of that. I don't know if that ever actually materialized. Aaron, I, I, I got to do a deep dive on that. Because I don't know if he actually ever... Here's what ever, I do know. Every, he's every, not know coaching in the NFL, right? Exactly. So there's no... He's per- 66 years old, and he's not coaching in the NFL. That's what I do know right now. I like Mike Zimmer. <laughs> on this staff. I, I don't know enough about Borgonzi. First of all, here's the whole thing. Maybe maybe Mike Zimmer is, is a guy you bring in who's the Tom Moore, if you will. It's Bruce Arians' Tom Moore. Don't Doesn't need to be the D.C. Can be a special assistant That's to exactly the head coach. Right. So he served as an analyst on Dion's staff last year. At Jackson State. But Correct. I'm not sure. There, there was talk of Zimmer going to Boulder, but I don't know if that ever, I don't know if Zimmer ever actually made it to Boulder. That may have been a <laughs> premature report. And in any event. Well, I'll check on that. We'll, um, we'll get to the bottom of, of that, but yes. And then quickly, right before we break, the New York Jets are bringing in free agent quarterback Derek Carr for a visit. 
Okay, there it is. Derek Carr. You knew there was going to be interest. There was going to be a lot of interest in Derek Carr. There are two types of teams in the National Football League. Those that have a quarterback and those that do not. (laughs) And if you do not, you're going to be banging on Derek Carr's door. We had John DeShazier from the Saints on talking about Joel Thomas' prospective offensive coordinator, Aaron. Derek Carr's already visited the Saints. And as John told us, it's going to come down to Derek Carr. Where does he want to play? Do you want to go play for the Jets or do you want to play for the Saints? But it appears those are the two favorites to land the services of one Derek Carr. So there you go. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring. And so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. The Suns introduced Kevin Durant at a press conference yesterday. What stood out? Wolf and Luke. Tim ring in for Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, the Suns' last game before the All-Star break didn't go so well last night at Footprint Center, 116-107. The L.A. Clippers came in and did a number on the Suns, the Suns' big three. Wasn't all that big. <laughs> no, they were just it was, they uh, were ready. They were nasty. They were ready to play. The Clippers looked like they came in with an agenda to send a Sicilian message to the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Seriously. Yeah, the Suns started 0 for 6 from the field, 1 for 10. Booker and Paul were 1 for 8. They just, D.A.'s first shot of the game, he pulled the string out of jumper. It just, not that you put a lot of stock in what happens in the first few minutes of the game, but it almost was a foreshadowing that the Suns just didn't quite have their A game last <laughs> night, and they never could get it back. And yeah, can, can I just say this quickly? I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Timmy, but you brought up D.A. You brought up DeAndre Aiden right there, and we all know how D.A. looked in the last game against Sacramento. <laughs> He looked great. Oh, my goodness, he looked, and it was the game there. Look, everybody, it's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant, he said. Here we go. Put the beanie on and the gray. (laughs) You got the gray sweatshirt on. Katie. Ain't that something? That's what I'm... (laughs) I'm Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. (laughs) Ain't that something, D.A.? And, you know, you just kind of, you just knew that, um, okay, it was great. He added this impact on everyone. It wasn't just DeAndre Aiden. It was everybody. You could see it. The excitement that was coming through. And DeAndre Aiden played one of his best games. And we were all speculating. And we've done this many times with DeAndre Aiden in the past. And I love DA. I'm a, I'm a guy that really appreciates his talents. And I want to see him get it right. I want to, oh, my goodness, I want to see him get it right. Let the light bulb go on in the shed. Yes, I want to see that. And I thought maybe this could be it. Maybe this is it. Where Kevin Durant in his presence just gets DA's attention and allows him to focus and bring his talent consistently to the floor. Watching last night's game, especially early, I'm thinking to myself, DA must have forgot KD was on the bench. (laughs) 
because he didn't look like he was locked in. And when you want to, here's the key. Here's the key right here. If you want to see if D.A. looks like he's ready to go, watch his feet. Watch if he moves his feet with a good base, especially if he gets a base and he's got bend in his knees and his butt is out and he moves his feet and foul. He's ready to play if you see him do that. And when he's he's not, it's it sticks out. He stands there and he's got his hands like T-Rex in front of him and his his legs are straight and it looks like, oh, he's just not ready to play. You can actually see it. And last night, I'm not saying it was as bad as it's been in the past, but he didn't look like he was ready to play like he did against Sacramento. He was ready to go. Well, D-Book D was right there with him. Booker just had a tough night across the board. Chris Paul had five points. Two of them came with about 10 seconds to go. So so they got nothing out of CP3 offensively. six offensive boards. Yeah, D-A had... Had trouble on the defensive glass, but Booker Booker was losing the ball at half court. Booker was driving the lane, trying to pass off, and his passes were getting tipped and knocked out of bounds. He had the ball ripped from him, and as he was driving to the bucket, five he, turnovers he, for a buck. He had a shot clock violation where he kind of hung on to the ball too long on a dribble, and then he could try to kick it out. I mean, it was just it I'm wasn't like, just Da Timmy. It wasn't yeah, just Da. That's I, the I thing. get that, but for me, once again, Da's got the problem of bringing his talent consistently to the floor. Devin Booker does not. No, no. Oh, 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 one hundred percent. Yeah, it was. It's funny. You you brought up a great point. If they if they were all trying to impress Kevin Durant on Tuesday, they clearly were not interested in impressing him <laughs> last night. <laughs> he was old news by last night, apparently. Uh, Durant, though, in the news uh, 2 o'clock, though, yesterday, Wolf. I thought I thought you, you used a great adjective earlier in the show when you talked about he was real uh, yesterday. He was real. And Aaron, I want to play one clip uh, as we get rolling here. It actually was when Durant was talking about his time in Brooklyn, because that's when the voice cracked. And really, Durant showing emotion that I did not expect out of KD yesterday because really it was supposed to be more of a pep rally. Hell, it was a pep rally. But Durant really got emotional when talking about uh, his time in Brooklyn and what went wrong there. We just didn't get on the court enough. I think when you seen James, Kyrie, and myself, it was it was amazing basketball for 17 games, though. <laughs> but you need, in order for you to win a championship and to be a great team, you just need more time on the floor. We could. It's another story about why we didn't get on the floor together, but we just didn't get enough time on the floor. And um, those are Hall of Fame players that I learned a lot from every day, and I wishing them the best as well. Uh, it just didn't work out. And this is where he got a. Emotional, Aaron. It was a lot of ups and downs, but I love the grind. So, and everybody in Brooklyn loved the grind too. So I built a family over there. Is they're gonna always be a part of my journey. Uh, so we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish as far as winning a championship, just like I told him. But I enjoy the grind, and everybody there, we tried our hardest every day, regardless of what was going on in the media, what was going on with our teammates, everybody who's in that gym, we grinded. So I love those guys. I get emotional talk about them because. That was a special four years of my career coming off of Achilles, and they helped me through a lot. So I don't have anything. Uh... You know, I love that. I love that. So, yeah, it was terrible how some stuff went down, but at the end of the day, I love the grind. And we all love the grind there in Brooklyn, and I wish them the best going forward. They got a bright future. Dan, I love that right there. The crowd even acknowledged 
that KD was being real. <laughs> that that when I when I listened to that answer yeah. right there, he was expounding. He was going into detail. He he was energized, and yet he was emotional as well. And the crowd was recognizing the fact that KD was being real. So they applauded the Brooklyn Nets. They applauded what he was saying about his time there with the Brooklyn Nets. And that's something you don't see all the time. Durant talked about always wanting to play in Phoenix, even going back to like the 2015 season when Gerald Green was knocking down threes as the Suns upset the Thunder in, in one particular season. And uh, he didn't Mention Gerald Green. I just know the game he was talking about because I was there uh, that particular night uh, when Durant and the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, took a beating by a, a Suns team that had no business beating uh, the Thunder that particular night. But he's got a relationship with Monty Williams and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Durant uh, talked about feeling the excitement as soon as he uh, got off the plane and says they have all the pieces to, to win a championship, uh, d- does the Phoenix Suns. And, and Aaron, we'll play one more for, for, for from Durant. Durant, uh, talking about why Devin Booker, why so many players want to play with Deep Book. He has a pure game. He can score from every area of the floor with efficiency. He's athletic, but he don't really show it a lot, but he can. Like last last game, he had two dunks. It surprised me out of nowhere, even though I know he has that in his tool bag, but he's just such a quiet, efficient scorer, and he goes about his business on and off the court in just a mature manner. And um, I just wanted to be a, part of, be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of his journey and see, you know, how good he can get from here and you know he's just some, one of those players that uh, I really admire and people are going to be doing classes on him once he's done playing like you can learn so much from watching his game and I wonder why <laughs> why people were showing off for KD when he's got that kind of humility yeah I, I, man, I, I'm, I love that that's just Okay, we don't have enough time, basically, is what I'd like to go off. Well, we got, an, that. got another 90 minutes on the, the midday show, Graham. We'll get back into it. Suns now 32 and 28. They hit the All Star break fifth in the West, but just a game and a half out of third. They've got a week off. Next time they take the court, a week from tonight, 8 p.m., Thunder, Kevin Durant. Expected to be on the court. All right, we'll take a timeout. Uh, can the Jonathan Gannon era be the best thing for Kyler Murray? Wolf and Luke, Tim Ring in for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke rolling along here on a Friday. Timmering in for Luke Lipinski. Continuing to talk about the Jonathan Gannon introductory press conference on a Thursday. Thought he knocked it out of the park. I think we all understand winning the press conference, while important, doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but we're excited to see what this young man can do as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. First and foremost, obviously, figuring out a way to get the most out of the quarterback, Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray, for the first time in his NFL career, is going to have somebody other than Cliff Kingsbury leading his offense, somebody other than Cliff Kingsbury in his ear, in his ear. somebody other than Cliff Kingsbury designing the way that they want to do things on that side. 
side of the football. That is going to be, we presume and we hope, obviously, Wolf, a good thing uh, for not only Kyler Murray, but the Arizona Cardinals. A new direction, uh, if you will. Uh, Jonathan Gannon is going to get to know Kyler Murray. It's going to be important that they have a relationship. Obviously, it's going to be a different relationship. He's going to be the head coach, but he's a defensive-minded guy, so there's going to be an offensive coordinator that will be in lockstep with Murray, obviously, day in and day out. Uh, Gannon, though, has the impression that Kyler Murray uh, is a certain way as a person and a quarterback from his early impression of the Cardinal signal caller. Awesome. Yeah, I, you can tell that he's super competitive, which you have to be at that spot, and um, very self-aware, uh, which I, I thought was really cool, the maturity that he shows when he when he, when we talked. And um, he ultimately, just like me, wants to get started and want to do great things and win football games. And I think that he knows whatever he needs to do to do that for the team, is, is that's what he'll do. So I'm uh, just really excited about him. Whatever he needs to do for the team, that's what he'll do right there. He's really excited to work with them. This reminded me, based on means, of an old coach that I used to have. I won't go into detail in, in regard to him, but this, I think, is going to be the, the one of the great things for Kyler Murray right here. He's got a coach that believes in this kind of terminology. He, Jonathan Gannon reminds me of this coach who, who would tell me that you've got to see through the looking glass. You've got to see through the looking glass. What is the looking glass, Timmy? You know what the looking glass is? I do. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. Correct? Yes. It's, yes. The, it's an old way to actually uh, characterize a mirror. Mirror. The looking glass. If you see through the looking glass, you're staring into the looking glass and not seeing your image, but you're considering who you are and what you are and where you've been. The reflection is more of the soul, Basinonians, not the eyes. It's more a reflection of the soul as you stare through the looking glass. If you're looking at the looking glass, you're seeing yourself, your image, your reflection, and you're seeing it in two dimensions. And more times than not, you don't want to do that. Because you'll fall in love with yourself. This was what this is what my coach used to talk to us about in terms you need to look through the looking glass, not at the looking glass. The difference is there, and this is where it starts with Kyler. This is where Kyler Murray becoming one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the football universe, this is where his quest starts. It's got to be with him. It's got to be. It's, it's not just his two-dimensional image. It's the three-dimensional person, the body, soul, and spirit that is Kyler Murray. It's got to start with him saying, I need to get better. Nobody's ever told me that. I've been the most talented dude on the field every time I step on the field. I need to get better. That, that's where this quest for Kyler Murray starts him looking through the looking glass, not at it. Does that make sense? You get it? I do. And Carlos Dansby talked about this with Kyler Murray a few weeks ago, and he said he's got to realize that his these are these are Dansby's words now. He's got to worry. He's got to realize that his cup isn't full yet. Your cup ain't full yet, bro. Those are those are Dansby's words. 
Fill your cup up with knowledge and information. Take it in because you're not there yet. And you can be there. God gave you the ability to be there someday. Talking about the highest stage. Hoisting a Lombardi trophy. But your cup ain't full yet. And that's why if, say, Drew Petzing is the offensive coordinator, Drew's got one heck of a job in front of him. And Kyler's got a job in front of him as well. And Kyler's got to be open to what Drew Petzing's going to be teaching. And Drew Petzing's got to understand who he's dealing with. And there has to be mutual respect. That's right. And Kyler's got to respect this young coach and learn from him. And they have to be in lockstep. And Jonathan Gannon's got to manage the entire situation as a leader of men. And as much as Cliff Kingsbury knows about offense, that, that relationship, for whatever reason, deteriorated. And we saw it before our very eyes. And it manifested itself in a lack of production in 2022. Yes, yes. And we need, and we, and I, I'm talking about we as a community and Cardinal fans and people that like yourself that work for the team and call the games, we need to see growth this year as an offense and out of the quarterback. So whether it's Drew Petsing or whoever takes that offensive coordinator's position, they have to be up for the challenge and they have to understand how to maximize the unique abilities and traits and the personality of Kyler Murray. But Kyler's got to meet him halfway. He's got to be there for him. You yes. know, and and, and that and, and and that this has got to be it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle that all has to come together. And it starts with the, with the individuals understanding each other and working towards a common goal. They can't pull apart. They got to pull together. Yes, and here's the other thing Jonathan Gannon said in regard to Kyler Murray, and I absolutely love this. Listen to this. Yeah, you know, it's funny as I was talking with people, um, you know, I think they missed a field goal for us to win it at the end, but he was one of the hardest, if not the hardest, offenses to prepare for really person people to prepare for was Kyler and just what I just said is because of his skill set so he doesn't allow you to do certain things that you want to do on defense because the different ways that he can beat you so um, obviously when he's on your team that's gonna that's gonna make it easier on you so uh, yeah just really looking forward to getting to know him as a person and then getting down to it and, and uh, coaching up some ball and talking some football with him and uh, helping him out. See, I think he's really going to help Kyler Murray, Basinonians, because he can offer him the flip side of perspective and make him understand, make Kyler Murray understand the why, the why, the why behind some of the schemes that they're going to run. That's why Kyler's got to be open to relearning everything that he thought he knew about the game of football, relearning it all. Even the new age stuff, even the stuff he he learned from Lincoln Riley, even the new age stuff he learned from Cliff Kingsbury, even relearn all of this. He's got to embrace all of that and understand the why, because Jonathan Gannon has a very unique perspective that is not going to be Lincoln Riley's, that is not going to be Cliff Kingsbury's, which hasn't been Kyler Murray's. It's going to be on the flip side of it, the other side, the perspective of a defensive coach saying, this is where you're weak, and this is where we're going to attack you. That, that There is great knowledge there, and there is a great opportunity for Kyler Murray to grow. 
tremendously as a person and as a quarterback. And if he embraces that, that's what I hope is going to happen. In your opinion, how much, when Mike Bidwill and Monty Ossonfort met with, what was it, 10 candidates? Interviews for this head coaching position. How much do you think the guy, and ultimately it was Jonathan Gannon, the guy who, in the minds of Mike and Monty, the guy, the candidate who had the best plan for Kyler Murray was the candidate that ultimately got the job. Like in your, in, this is your opinion because you yeah. were you weren't in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the guy who right. the guy who ultimately got the job was the guy who, in Mike and Monty's mind, this is the guy who's got the best idea and plan for Kyler Murray. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. Um, you know? It would make an awful lot of sense because that's where their biggest investment is. That's where you have to start trying to fix that and the offense going forward before anything else. So, yeah, there, there's no doubt that was huge, but I think it was also one of the reasons why the Arizona Cardinals from the very beginning were focused more on a defensive-minded head coach. Now, I'm not saying they, would have, they wouldn't have hired Sean Payton if Sean Payton said, I want to come here and I want to do that. I'm not saying that. Um, but I think from the very beginning, they targeted a lot of defensive-minded coaches to come in here and interview for their open head coach position. Why is that? There had to be a reason why. Aaron Rodgers is doing what? <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Simon and Garfunkel, where are you? We'll go through the latest NFL news next. Wolf and Luke, timbering it for Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Aaron Rodgers or this guy? I'm disturbed. I I don't even know his name, man. He is disturbed. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is going into the darkness. Now, (laughs) it was was falsely reported he was descending into the darkness on Monday. Okay. Uh, But as Aaron told Pat McAfee, uh, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter don't know blank about him. Okay. Uh, So he has not gone into the darkness yet. 
but he's going into the dark. You got Aaron, Jesse. You guys know what he's doing. What, what, so, what, what, what is the uh, what is the retreat? Jesse and I, or Rick, as you guys may know him, um, have done some research, and what I did find out is that a patron is usually led into a room with a candle and given a tour to familiarize them with the surroundings. Then the candle <laughs> is extinguished. <laughs> okay, so basically, you're telling me he's going into a room, and he knows where the room is, uh, or he knows what's around the room. Like, okay, yes, they probably. Charge- I would imagine he needs, to, and I'm not trying to be gross here, but he needs a toilet, correct? Sure. I'm sure he needs that for for four days. Yeah, they yes, probably- he. Okay, so here is, um, he will be alone in a room for the duration of the darkness. Yeah, he will be provided with a toilet in a bath tub in the middle of the room. There you go. He will be provided with food from those running the retreat. It will arrive once a day via a two-way slot in the door. The experience will involve a lot of sleeping, and he will be sober during the event. See, okay, that right there. Um, oh, sober. Think, well, that ruins everything. I, I think the, the food <laughs> being delivered, why would they do that? There's a lot of people that actually go on fast for three or four days. That's so, nothing. There's a new show on Disney Plus called Limitless. And they showed what the body does if you don't eat for four days. Okay. And it's like you get this newfound energy. So I would agree with you. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but, I'm a little surprised too. Now, water, that's something completely different. You've got to stay hydrated, of course. Of course. But can't he just do this at home? Why does he got to go to a special place and probably pay money? Can you just sit in the dark at home? Well, is it really going to be dark at home? Well, put some tinfoil like, on. I don't know. Do? I mean, go into the the basement. Is that yeah. you got a basement, a corner basement? Do you have a well in your basement? Is you, that what you're saying right a, now? He's got unlimited funds. <laughs> you make got the, a make, well in your make basement. Make the room dark. I mean, uh, you know, my God. You got a well in your basement. You got a looking glass and a robe. Uh, you, you put it on. You dance in front of it. Obviously, four days of darkness. The only thing I keep asking myself is this right now and I and this applies to anybody that is listening how much money would it take for you to do it how much money would it take? Are you have to actually to pay me it? as opposed to Rogers is probably paying somebody? Oh, yeah. he's he's <laughs> paying somebody to do this four days of darkness. Well, let's see. Uh, I, and the food part of it is cheating, if you ask me. He's only having one meal a day, he said. Well, it's only one. cheating. Oh, wait. So, like, you would lose weight. That'd, that'd be an added benefit. Let's see. Yeah. And I wouldn't, have, I, I'd be, I wouldn't have to be bothered by anybody, so that's a benefit. I, I would. You're four days off. You don't have to work. Would be, <laughs> that, that would be. I, you get some sleep. So, this, I, I'm looking for the positives. I, I once wrote a short story called Three Days. Three days. I won't tell you what it is, but I, because you'll look at me and you're like, well, what a freak. Okay. But I won't tell you what it is, but it's called three days and it's about three days of, um, uh, Darkness, let's put it that way. Darkness, metaphorically and literally. But it's interesting. He's going to do this for four days, legit. And somebody runs these dark days. <laughs> somebody runs this and is making money off of this. And also, he can walk out the door at any time. Here was Aaron Rodgers <laughs> from the Pat McAfee show. The beauty in this 
retreat is there's an open door. So if at any time you're like, you know what, I can't take this anymore, like you walk out the door. Oh my what goodness, are right his there. plans for the retreat? Yes. Here he is again. Okay, I'm going to be here four days. Um, I'm going to eat once a day. I'm going to rest and try and find the deepest amount of rest and relaxation. And when I do, then I'm trusting that the right uh, messages and intuition will come through. Oh, my goodness. Rogers has become a little goofy in his later years, hasn't he? I mean, first it was the... Uh, how do you pronounce it? Ayahuasca. Yeah. Yeah. Is, was that the toad licking affair? Uh, the ayahuasca? The COVID toe? Was it? No. No, it wasn't the toad no. licking affair. Remember, he was licking toads. Oh, right? maybe it was. From okay. a football. Do you guys know who Bob McGinn is? Does that name ring a bell, Wolf, at all? Uh, Bob McGinn. So I used to work in Green Bay back in a former life. And yeah. Bob McGinn was a fantastic writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel covering the Packers. When Bob McGinn wrote something, it was gospel. Wolf. Okay. Um, I won't go on and on about it, but just trust me, if Bob McGinn had it, it was correct. Bob McGinn just appeared on a podcast about 10 minutes ago. Uh, just broke. Uh, he said the, the Packers are, in fact, moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Whoa! They are prepared to move on, and they are ready to move on Whoa. from Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And they are prepared to start Jordan love in fact i have not heard the podcast this just they're tw- whoever hosted the podcast is tweeting about this now wow seven minutes okay. bob mcginn says they are ready to move on from aaron Rodgers and they are ready to begin the jordan love era okay and i'm telling you from personal experience if bob mcginn said it believe it okay that's, so there you go we might be seeing the end of an era Literally, wow. okay. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and maybe it's just because I. You have to wonder if the if the Packers are asking themselves as well, um, what 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 is going on with Aaron Rodgers? I kind that's kind of where I'm going with that. Like I'm wondering, like are they just an, an, almost like enough, enough Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah. Um, is is your attitude going to get better or worse after the four days of darkness? <laughs> Especially when you're left with your own devices. And just yourself. I, I love the fact there's a clause that says you can let him out. Yeah. Okay, if you can't handle it, you can you can get out of I, it. I almost want to right? say, like, I would hope so. <laughs> no! No! You're no, not getting out! No, no. You sign a contract. Yeah, you signed you're it. You're not getting out. You're going into this thing, and you're going to be there for four days, dude. That's one of the things you've got to consider before you walk in that door, is whether or not you're going to make it. You're not getting out, Are buddy. <laughs> so I, I didn't I didn't pull this cut, but uh, he did say that he knew people that have done 30 days of this. Oh! 30 days! On. Okay, right. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to get too sideways on this. I'd still do that for like hundred thousand dollars. No, what thirty days? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> every man's got his price. Just right now, think how much money would it take for you to do it? Four days of darkness. Yeah, five hundred dollars. In, in 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 my world, I would not feed you. You're as long as you drink water, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. As a matter of fact, to your point, Maloney, it actually will help you feel better. It's called a fast, and it does. It cleanses your body. Ten thousand bucks. That's my number. Four days of darkness, one meal a day, drop twelve pounds, get some rest away from the kids. <laughs> Ten thousand bucks. <laughs> Every man. Has What's his your price, Wolf? I'm not gonna say. Because I, I, it's a long way from being a truck driver's son. 
All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is it championship or bust by for the Suns by acquiring Kevin Durant? You'll hear what KDS to say at his presser yesterday. It's Wolf and Luke. Tim ringing for Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Next.